Hello loves and welcome back to Tarot for the Wild Soul podcast. I'm your host Lindsay Mack and it is as always such a joy to be gathered with you in this virtual space. I'm wishing everybody a very happy 2021. I hope the year has been gentle with you so far. Um, A really quick announcement at the top before we get into our juicy subject today, um, which is that the enrollment for the threshold, um, which is centered around the Hierophant, the fives, and 2021 on a whole, your energetic year ahead, is closing tonight at 9 p.m. Pacific, uh, midnight Eastern. Um, so if you uh, are interested in leaning into this really sacred, really powerful offering, uh, tonight is it. <laughs> So I hope you get a hold of it. And if you don't feel called to, um, that's great too. (laughs) Um, For those of you who've said yes, uh, thank you for your lovely, wonderful, potent words and feedback. It's been so nice to read how the material has resonated so much with you. Um, We're still trucking along here at Team Wild Soul with the rebrand. Now we're getting like really into the thick. We're going to start filming new things next week for some of the many new offerings that are coming out next or not next year. Oh my God, this year. Um, And, you know, we want to be able to have things out this month, but who fucking knows (laughs) with spirit, with me, with like intuition, who knows, Um, but we're definitely or definitely digging deeper into it than we have before. And I'm so excited to share new website, new offerings. It's going to be great. Um, uh, I knew that, you know, I didn't know what I was going to, uh, what the theme of the month this month would really be and where I'd be called to kind of speak, um, where I'd be called to kind of touch in, uh, on the energies at hand. Um, but I have personally been spending since 2021 so much time in five of cups. Um, and this is a card that is, I, I know, uh, not welcome necessarily, and yet contains so much medicine. We've talked about it, I believe a little bit on the podcast. Of course, it's a part of threshold, but, I wanted to not just talk about five of cups, but talk about kind of the arc of, of teachings of wisdom of life guidance that happens in the connective tissue that guides us from the four of cups to the five of cups to the six, because really what these three cards show us is the kind of rebirth process that happens when we open ourselves to our emotional, to our emotionality period, to our wounds, to our old griefs, to our present griefs, to our traumas, to our transferences, like to all of the things that feel challenging to integrate. If we can be with what's here, it can yield to absolutely beautiful spaciousness in the heart, absolutely beautiful generosity, more compassion for ourselves, for one another. There is a kind of transformative process that happens um, from the four of cups to the five to the six. And so what I really wanted to um, 
I, there are a couple reasons why I feel really drawn to talk about this subject matter. One, because I, I get, I know that a lot of folks who read tarot struggle with the idea of associating like what is the, what is the connective tissue between one card to the other and it, i personally find that to be a very interesting topic like why do certain cards lead us into the next card um so i think we're going to be covering that every week this month in january is like putting things together like really seeing the connections and how these cards are in relationship with each other. And then because this is really just my bread and butter, my reason for being and the most exciting, passionate, wonderful part of the tarot to me personally. And of course, it's a really huge part of my influence, how I talk about it, um, literally what influences me is to me, the tarot doesn't, I mean, the tarot is so exciting and so powerful when we can see it as advice for life, when we can take it out of the esoteric, kind of the big universal picture. And by the way, there is a reason and a season for those pieces too. Like, I love the arcane. I love the mystery. I love the magic. I love kind of the the secrets and the revelations and like the bigger symbols, like that's all so beautiful. It has a place. And when you're going through the shit and you're having a lot of feelings and you're moving through a lot of stuff, it is not particularly very useful. What is useful is to really see how these cards that we might have judgments around, we might think are quote bad or scary or unpleasant or un, you know, they all bring medicine, all of them. It doesn't mean you have to like them or prefer them. And it doesn't necessarily mean that they're comfortable. They all bring some kind of gift, some treasure. And typically the treasure is some kind of beautiful key that can help us to get closer to ourselves in challenging or uncomfortable moments. You know, Nine of Cups, for example, which we're not going to talk about um, today, but is really like all the treatments, all the interpretations of Nine of Cups are completely valid, right? There's some that I'm going to maybe like debunk or some that I might say, hey, let's bring like a little bit of common sense to this particular thing, or hey, I actually think this interpretation is a little harmful, you know, personally, whatever it is. But any interpretation of a card, be it challenging, uh, problematic, it's all a place to start. And from there, we can bounce off of that foundation and say, hey, from this perspective, from this way of thinking, this doesn't really hold water for me can we go further with it? What about this, right? That's ideally what we want to do with every tarot card. We're just humans interpreting these huge, beautiful energies. Like it, it's wise to go into that with beginner's mind. It's wise to consider that there might be some gentleness, some benevolence to these cards, even the ones we don't particularly like that we may not immediately see. So it's in our best interest when we get any kind of card to get curious about it. And going back to nine of cups, the idea about nine of cups is like, it's a card of hopes and wishes. Great. If we're not exploring that, we can just think like, oh, make a wish, 
hope for something, hope that something will come or expect something. There's nothing wrong with that. But the root of nine of cups that is really connected to this medicine piece is that that card actually invites us to explore our relationship to getting our hopes up. I mean, that's really triggering for most of us. It's triggering for me. Um, and there's a whole, like, there's similar treatments, right? A card of hopes and wishes, maybe even wishes coming true versus an inquiry, an invitation. What is your, what, what comes up for you? When you consider the idea, like, is it safe to get my hopes up? For most of us, the answer is no. It doesn't feel safe to get my hopes up. And Nine of Cups doesn't seek to eradicate that or bypass that. It it seeks to, to gently guide us into those waters and say, well, why for you particularly? You know, what, what um, defense mechanisms, what coping, what kind of you know, what, what has, um, what helpful measures have arisen in you to help you step away from the, from the, the searing pain, the feelings for some of us of shame or embarrassment or of what it is to get your hopes up and not have them be met. Right. So that's what I'm talking about when I say the medicine, it, these cards, if we're willing to lean into them, this is all that soul tarot is basically, is really how can we apply them to the shit that we go through in this life <laughs> beyond like the esoteric, the spirit. These are the universal themes. I don't give a fuck who you are, where you are, what you are, how intuitive you, you feel, how in touch with yourself you feel. We've all got stuff about getting our hopes up. We've all got stuff about pleasure about giving ourselves enough time to grieve or, um, whatever it is. Like we've all got stuff and every card in the tarot is like a little friend, like at our side, wanting to kind of hold our hand and say, I can help you. I can help you walk through this. So it can really change and shift the way that we look at cards. And I felt really called to talk about five of cups for a couple different reasons. One is because I personally have been walking through a lot of work with five of cups. And I think that when I do, um, personally, it's not just about my, my personal life, but it's also about like, sometimes it is like, oh, wow. I wonder if this is a part of collecting information to potentially share with the collective around this energy. And it, it felt like a yes to me. Um, when I started to really meditate on it, it became really clear that what wanted to be discussed was kind of the full spectrum cycle that guides us from the four to the five to the six of cups. Um, and that it felt exciting to talk about connective tissue between cards, how they flow together, but also something that does feel really important to name here. Um, our entrance into 2021 energetically has been quite bumpy. Um, and I think that's probably putting it mildly, like this is not a gentle year. This is a, Hierophant work is extremely intense. It, it will bring up everything. 
and can be, it can feel very liminal sometimes, even though it's like very Taurus, very rooted because Hierophant has a lot to do with belief systems, challenging those belief systems, inviting us into deeper investigation of those belief systems. So there's a lot of, the word that I would use about 2021 so far is pretty confrontational, um, not even in an aggressive way, but just things like in our face, like, okay, here you go. And what's under that is an invitation to plumb deeper, to go forward. Like I've never really had my guides be so like, yeah, this is in front of you. This is in your face. You have a choice. You can, you can keep circling the drain or you can let go whatever you want, but like, you don't have to keep circling the drain. You can just do something different. You can step away. You can ask for help. You can investigate further. There's a lot of like, mm, um, invitations into that kind of like autonomous work, that personal integrity, that personal responsibility. It's been very strong. And so, so much of five of cups, um, it's also a five year. So I thought that that would be a nice thing to weave in. Um, so much of five of cups four into five is about honoring integration. And I think that these three cards can be really deep anchors for us as we embark into this amazing, powerful, potent cycle that we're about, that we're in and just beginning, um, and can help us to really touch in with and talk about and dive into the concept of grief and transforming through grief. Um, now I am not a grief expert nor am I a therapist. So this is absolutely never to cross that line, um, express, speak about, or be something that I'm not, you know, of course, this is never a substitute for, um, mental health care. This is not grief counseling. Um, this is just an opportunity to look at when we are with the grief that we carry with us all day, every day, um, be it very general or very specific over time, how does that grief shift and morph and change? And how does it bring us closer to ourselves? And I want to just offer a gentle content warning and a reminder about your own autonomy, your own personal experience, that if you are in the midst of a deeply specific, personal, painful cycle of grief, um, we are talking about five of cups at the root and five of cups always says there is no rushing this process. You want to hang out with those spilled three cups for as long as possible, for as long as feels right to you. So by me speaking about what can happen over time when we bear witness to our grief, I am absolutely not inviting you to rush any part of your process, nor am I inviting you or encouraging you to bypass your grief. Grief contains many multitudes. It contains rage. It wants to be witnessed and seen. I am in no way, absolutely no way, um, uh, even attempting to speak to everyone's experience around their particular spiral of grief that they're hanging out with. Um, this has, however, been a tremendous year, 2020, um, of grief 
and it's not always terribly specific. We can feel grief and absolutely not know why. We can have, all of us have pools and oceans of grief living in us from childhood, from adulthood, from it with regard to particular situations. This isn't specific to just folks who have experienced acute loss, although I I don't want to diminish the enormity of that too. Um, I think my my highest aim in exploring this topic is to investigate and explore with you how these three cards flow together and to consider what it might be like to make space at the table for our grief, to not push it away and to not assume that grief only comes in the midst of particular circumstances. We can be in the midst of particular circumstances that may seem like they might be impregnated with grief, and yet we don't feel acute grief. We feel acute anxiety. We feel acute anger. Um, I've said this before on this podcast and outside of it, that I think grief is the emotion that we tend to gaslight ourselves most around and inadvertently gaslight each other. Grief is extremely wild. It's very intense. It can't it, it, we don't expect grief. It, it can come at any moment. Um, and there's a lot of it right now. And there's also a lot of processing and that's sort of more particular, um, to where I think these three cards live. They live in the realm of honoring the emotions that are present in the here and now. What is it to not apologize for having these big feelings, having these experiences, having the need for space, for time, for clearing, and not in any way shrinking from that or apologizing for it. And when those thoughts and feelings that everybody has comes up and we think, I've been in this too long, I'm indulging in it, I'm wallowing in it, or when someone else very unhelpfully tells us the same, um, can we pivot into curiosity? Well, it's very interesting. I'm hitting some kind of threshold, some kind of wall here where I feel like now it's not okay for me to be in grief about this. I should be over it. I should be whatever it is, right? So I believe that four, five, and six of cups are about healing some of that and beginning to lean into our own kind of radical permissioning around our process whatever that might look like, whether it be inclusive of grief, whether it be inclusive of deep anger or wound or a rupture that arises with someone, um, a breakup, uh, you know, any process of integration, of clearing, of feeling, and then of having essentially there be such a deep rain, such a deep, um, weather system that can come in that it actually creates more fertility within our heart space for us to be softer, to be more compassionate with others. Um, so with four of cups, we have this really powerful moment where we've consumed three cups, right? The cups are the vessels of life that hold within them the experiences that help to guide us forward on our emotional journeys with life. They're 
you know, all of the minor suits contain some of their own mixture of these things. It's, it's just life, but, um, we're talking about learning to love ourselves and loving ourselves in the cup suit is not some fancy flyaway thing. Loving ourselves is very radical and is moment to moment. It's a choice at every moment. Are we going to betray ourselves in this moment to make someone else comfortable? Are we going to kind of apologize for ourselves when we really haven't done anything wrong? Are we going to beat up on ourselves when, when we're the ones suffering? Like we, And it's not to say that we are unloving when we do betray ourselves, whatever it is. Um, it's to say that like we all do it. It happens. And the more we pay close attention to the moments when it does happen without, you know, totally upending ourselves into, I'll never do that again, or how could I do that? And even really those feelings are valid. The more we can start to pay attention to it, the more we can be aware of it and the less we can react from it. The more we can begin to come home and say, oh, wow, this is a big invitation, or I'm feeling so uncomfortable like so upset and we can realize after we've sort of dropped into it, oh, it's because I, I kind of gave myself away there. You know, I kind of said something about myself that wasn't really very nice. We can apologize to ourselves. We can make amends. We can honor the fact that we're always learning, but we develop and, and cultivate greater connection to our intuition, to our trust. We learn how to work more with divine timing. Like there's so much that happens in the cup suit. So we have this moment where we've had these three cups. We've drunk deeply of a particular experience. We've had a lot of intaking and now we have the offering of this fourth cup. And whenever we get four of cups, it's a moment in life you know, whenever this card comes up, it's an invitation, a little, a little heads up, a little mindfulness belt to say, Hey, you may be a little too full to take in this cup today, right now, or you're being invited into something. You don't necessarily have to take it right now. You know, very often folks will invite us into stuff that really has nothing to do with us. Um, you know, our brains can even do that. Our minds can say like, oh my God, you need to pay attention to this thing right here, right now. And we don't always, we just think we do, or it's a distraction or an invitation into distraction. So what we really want to get into the habit of doing when we see this card is just to pause because four of cups is a moment, no matter what our circumstance that has some kind of root system that is always present. When Ever we get that card, no matter the situation, we're being invited to digest something before we take in anything else. And that's really intense and can feel really confronting. That's part of why it's so confronting. It's what has motivated the interpretation of this card for forever as being like, hey, you're not paying attention. You're too lost in your bullshit. You're going to miss this thing. It's like, you know, it's not true. You're not. <laughs> you are, You may be lost in your bullshit. Maybe it's important for you to be lost in your bullshit. Maybe there's a lot to the bullshit that is really important for you right now. We're so motivated by fucking capitalism 
Capitalism is steeped into the way we acknowledge grief. It's got to be packaged. It can't be too long, you know, whatever it is. We're meant in this card to begin a process of integration, of digestion. It's a moment where life comes in with something, some kind of invitation, some kind of situation. And we're invited to say, I'm not available to take this on right now. I need to let the day pass, whatever it is. It could be as simple as like, there's a really big email in my inbox. It's been a big day. I'm going to save it for tomorrow. That's an example of healthy four of cups work for real. You've taken in a lot. You need to digest it. It's important to leave time for that. Tomorrow you can be fresh to take in that cup. No problem. And then in a bigger context, it can be maybe we've been in a relationship and now all of a sudden there's an invitation into a new one and we're just, we don't feel ready, you know, and that's completely valid. It could be that there's an invitation to create something. There's an invitation to collaborate. There's an invitation to um, get all stirred up about something. Whenever we get it, it's not to say that that thing won't have a time or a place. It's an invitation to say, do you have room? Is this exactly and totally the right time to be doing this? Is it important to be doing that? Sometimes it isn't. Most of the time, it's important to leave room to integrate. So I want to start with that and and really open it up to consider and reflect on 2020 as a whole. There's a lot of energy right now focused on like, what are my resolutions? What am I doing? I'm recording this on Monday the 4th. And um, there's a lot of ass kicking that I feel about like, okay, everyone's back to work and I'm exhausted. And I know that I'm, I'm not alone in that <laughs> and kind of feel like a little bit like loopy, you know, just adjusting to this energy work four days in. It's not bad. It's, it's wonderful, but it's also like, it's intense. It's a lot to have to just pivot right to that. So what is it to honor, to leave space for integration? We just moved into this new year. That's big. That's That might be all three of your cups. It could be that you have three separate things going on. And now all of a sudden there's something that we may in fact want to do, but it's just not quite the right time or it's just not the right day today, whatever it is, this is where the journey begins. Can you honor that? Can you trust that? Can you be gentle, loving? This is an act of love to be able to say, I am interested. I am delighted. I am excited. I'm not able to right now. I'm not able to today. I'm not available to at this moment. In time, if it's right for both of us, absolutely. In time, if it's right for me, absolutely. And really, it's an act of love, not pushing, not rushing, not forcing. We're allowing ourselves to move into the medicine of integration, letting those, letting the exhaustion be honored 
letting that give way to a nap, to an earlier bedtime, to deeper care, to just even like crying and being like, I'm so tired and there's no end in sight. That is a part of the integration process. The really big feelings that can come up around all kinds of stuff like that, especially the fear to miss out on something. Five of Cups really teaches us that if something is meant to be, it will come back. But we have to first acknowledge um, what has come in those three cups and really bear witness to it, bear witness to what has been. And when we can honor that really courageous, really brave, really heart-centered, self-loving, often very confronting intuitive decision to leave room to integrate and digest our emotional experiences and allow the big contractions about like, what if I miss something? What if, what if this isn't right? Why am I not over it? Why am I not ready? Like all the things that we all do, it gives way so beautifully to five of cups and five of cups actually allow, it is such an important, powerful card. It is so important it allows us going forward to leave a space at the table in our lives for our grief. It says your grief is allowed to look however it looks like. Your exhaustion is allowed to be here. You are allowed to take time. You are allowed to integrate. You are allowed. Your grief doesn't need to be a killjoy. It can be a sacred part of the experience. You know, I found myself, my most powerful experiences with Five of Cups medicine has been when I've been unexpectedly hit with tremendous grief in the midst of situations that on paper seem like I should be really happy or there should be like a sense of like, there's no room for grief here, like a moment of... um like a holiday or like I'm on vacation. Uh, you know, I, I think I've shared on this podcast. I know I shared it in Tara for what is that, um, I went back to, a, a a summer home that my grandparents, um, used to take me and my gigantic family to, um, ever since I was very, very young, uh, on the Outer Banks. And I went back last summer, um, in 2019, And was like overcome with memories about really hard and harmful stuff that happened in that house when I was a kid and about really beautiful things. I felt like the ghost of my child was everywhere I looked. There were so many layers of memories because it was like 35 years, give or take, you know, at least 20 years of, of going, um, the ghost, the literal ghost of my grandfather, um, was everywhere. And it was such an amazing, joyous, beautiful time away. And there were also hysterical, hysterical, um, upswellings of grief that I was 
absolutely unprepared for and found myself feeling like, oh, I don't want to burden anyone. I'm on vacation. Like, why am I not happy? You know, and just this like bullshit. And I found that it was only through honoring the grief that was arising that actually helped me to be present and soft and available to the joy that was also there. And that's where we move from the five to the six of cups. The six of cups is, it can absolutely be inclusive of kind of a nostalgic experience, but the whole key to that card is not in going back to childhood, but to consider the heart of a child, to consider the idea that children are very available to feel their deepest desires and wants and grievances and upsets and griefs and ruptures and then pivot and then be in the joy, then be in deep rest or relaxation, that there is a softness, a a flexibility, an openness, a vastness, a trust to the heart of a child. And I believe that when we go through this arc from the four to the five to the six of cups, we actually reparent ourselves because we're permissioning our youngest self that may not have been allowed to feel grief, may not have had the space, may have been told you're too sensitive, you feel too much. We're actually giving them permission to be their fullest selves. We're saying to ourselves, I love you. I want you here. Your grief has a place here. Your fear has a place here. Your feelings have a place here. You're allowed to be on a vacation and feeling this way. And I was also noticing for myself, five of cups where it come up, um, I'm in such intense uh, therapy right now and doing EMDR and had a really big, like, um, like a, a very big, um, uh, I can't even, I don't even have words, just a lot of shit come up <laughs> basically like, uh, and felt angry and pissed and, you know, was, was all over the place with all of it. And I knew I needed, like I, I was completely ignoring it all day. And I knew I needed to take myself up to my little workroom, out to my car, which is typically where I go when I really need to scream. <clears throat> I knew that I needed to gift myself the space to fall into the cold pool and feel the feelings, let them come and let it be messy. And I I watched myself resist that for a couple hours and I got, the feelings got more impacted. I got kind of angrier. I felt stranger and weirder um, about it. And um, when I finally went you know, out and, and really gave space. Everything came up so quickly. And I watched as I watched my heart go from being so clenched, so closed to so tender, like, I'm still so achy in such pain, but open, no longer a closed fist in protection. Um, but open, willing, a little softer. And that comes from us saying, I want to be with this part of you. It, it comes from saying it to ourselves. Like, 
I want to be there for the tough times as well as the good. I want to be there for the messiness. I want to be there for those big feelings. I want to be there. There's no other way it can go other than to have the heart open. And that gesture that's present in Six of Cups, at least in the Smith Rider weight, of that one child gifting the cup with the flower in it to the other child is basically saying that we've gone from being so closed by ourselves in the four and five to being with another and saying, I want to gift this to you. It's also the only time we see anything growing in the cup. This would lead us to believe that something has grown where there once was nothing. That is the transformative process of honoring not just our grief, because sometimes honoring grief needs to happen in, in safety and in witness and in, in um, a kind of container. Some of us want to honor our grief, but it can feel very hard to access. So again, I want to just be so respectful and honoring folks at whatever place and at any like you are perfect wherever you are. And I'm bowing to you in your process. Um, I feel like we all have really big challenges in that honoring process, but that's where the transformation can happen. Even if we're not like crying, grieving, screaming, being very outward with our grief, sometimes just saying, whoa, there's unbelievable amounts of grief here or protection or defense or resistance my resistance, defense, anger responses are often precursors to my grief. Almost everything goes back to the root system of grief. <clears throat> so the way that these cards, we can see them as such allies around this kind of homecoming, this kind of reparenting, this kind of radical acceptance and acknowledgement of self begins with the four of cups when we take refuge in that invitation to say, you don't need to take this piece on right now. You can take the time to integrate this big experience, this what's been brewing for a while, this small moment. Let yourself drop in and reflect. Is there something that you are being invited to integrate? You know, there are some of us that fight that pretty vehemently, that be, that are like, I act absolutely do not want <laughs> to integrate this experience. It makes me incredibly uncomfortable. And I really want to bow to you too. So if that's you, and if you're finding yourself being like, whatever to this, I, I love it. I love you. I see you. I mean, sometimes there's just so much power in being like, yeah, that's me. Like I recognize I'm being invited to integrate some big stuff and I don't want to. I don't know how. I'm unwilling right now. Amen. I I bless that and honor that. There's so much that can happen just in you acknowledging, yes, I see that invitation. All I'm doing is grabbing for that fourth cup. I know it's not quite working because I haven't yet integrated the three empty ones and I'm not quite ready to shift it yet. There's so much power in that. You get to choose that. You get to decide, right? But when we know that, we can give ourselves the space to begin to explore what integration even looks like. Maybe for you, it's like laying down, being quiet, laying in the dark, like just being by yourself. Maybe it's having a ritual or a ceremony. Maybe it's like taking a fucking nap, like whatever the integrate. maybe it's not necessarily on a timeline or on a small 
peace, just acknowledging like there are some griefs that are so big that we go through seasons where really big feelings come up, really big emotions come up. We can do things like EMDR, other therapeutic processes where stuff that we might've thought like, whoa, I wasn't even thinking about that can come up again in a, a, a safe and, you know, um, uh, ethical appropriate container, right. Uh, with a therapist or a, a processor. Um, and then all of a sudden we have something to integrate that like in the, you know, that morning we weren't even thinking about, but that's a big part of life. We're not necessarily always expecting to have big feelings to process and integrate. It's really uncomfortable and it's totally normal not to like it. And we can make space if we're willing, we can, we can play with that. Um, so when we do the radical act of not taking that fourth cup, because we're going to fully honor our big feelings, what's coming up for us in the, in the four, it immediately shifts us into the five where we're able to actually be present with those three cups. I think there is something so powerful in the physical change from the four of cups to the five of cups in the Smith Rider weight. In the four, the person sitting on a tree, they're like hands crossed. They kind of don't feel well. They look like they've had a bit too much to drink, which is sort of a, um, um, a parallel to this idea of like intaking a lot emotionally. Right. So this idea that we're the, the, the person, the being on the card is like, they're sitting, they're not really looking at the three cups. They're just kind of like in, in themselves a bit. When we go to the five, the person is no longer sitting, but standing. They are facing those three cups. They are in a present active relationship of process, of grieving, of integrating, of sharing their feelings. They're actually looking at and saying goodbye, acknowledging what was there in the three cups. It's also very powerful to note that the cup that they were so afraid they were going to miss, that fourth cup is not just behind them now, but is in, is accompanied with another one. Five of cups is proof that if we say no to the five, even if in the exact specific situation or relationship doesn't come back to us, there will be something. There will be something that will nourish us once we actually have room to drink of it. Have you ever had the experience of wishing, 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 longing for a particular kind of collaboration, friend, partner, and it just keeps not happening? Maybe you even keep meeting the same kind of person and you're like, how the fuck am I bringing these folks into my life? This is not what I want. And then all of a sudden we can realize there's a huge, you know, huge wave sometimes of grief or of process or longing or loneliness or um becoming aware of a of a of a particular habit or, or something we 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 weren't even aware that we were enacting and once we clear it acknowledge it all of a sudden like different people come in it's happened to me many times and i wonder if you've had a similar experience that it can look completely unrelated so before we turn and can really fully drink of those cups, be present, be with another, be with ourselves, 
be available to the joys, to the loveliness. We have to first honor what's here, honor what's been. Once we begin to do that, if we are, if we, and you know, again, it's all spiralic. So if we're working with a, a, a grief, like, you know, I have griefs in my life or, or pits of grief or voids of, of, um, wounding or loss in my life that will be forever. I'll be tending them for the rest of my life. And it's not a problem, you know, it, but it is a season where I'm often like deeply tending to something that's coming up that wants my attention. And then there's a natural turning toward the two full where because there's been some layer of shrapnel that's been honored and bowed to and cleared, there's now room for other things. And typically those quote other things, that natural turning guides us right into the six. The turning toward those two full cups guides us right into the cup that are the six of cups Um, that cup of love of the heart that can be exchanged. Sometimes in the six of cups, that whole thing, you know, that whole, um, um, you know, movement from the four to the five to the six can happen in something happens and we get upset and someone comes in and says, Hey, I want to hang out. And we feel a little upset and we go, I'll reach out to you. I just, I'm not available for that right now. Or like, I'm super busy. We let ourselves have that moment in the four and it opens us up into the five. And we, we may go into like really big feelings, really big anger, really big fears, whatever it is. The six might be a moment where we say, Hey, I I just wanted to ask you and tell you like how your behavior affected me. It really hurt my feelings and I needed space to process that. There's kind of a mini strength card energy that comes with six of cups, because if we can speak from the truth of our holding of our experience, we're not necessarily getting someone in to make it better. Obviously, we we might appreciate an apology and acknowledgement. That's ideal. But six of cups can actually bring us into a space where we are so spacious, so heart-centered, that doesn't mean, you know, um, that doesn't mean that we're A, impervious, or B, so porous that any and anything and everything can just pierce right through us. It means that we can speak from our truth. It means that we can actually receive from others. You know, it's very challenging for us typically to receive the love of another It can be very challenging for us to be present just in our lives because we're so busy beating off or staving off the big feelings that we don't want to acknowledge. So I find that I'm in four, five, six of cups energy actually quite often. Like I don't think these cars are as esoteric or out there as we tend to think they are. They're not so related just to quote unquote grief with a capital G, although of course there, there is that too, um, because we're in grief every single day of our lives. There's always grief. Something can happen on Instagram or in your your inbox or in a small comment from someone that literally did not mean anything, but triggers off all this stuff because of our own wounding. And we're always a choice with that. Are we going to kind of ignore it, bypass it, 
pretend it doesn't exist, not really deal with it? Or are we going to be open? Are we going to say, damn, this fucking hurts? And are we going to offer ourselves the chance to play with what it might be like to be permissioned to feel? It doesn't matter if it makes other people uncomfortable. You're allowed to feel those feelings. They are your personal responsibility to hold. You know, our feelings are for us to unpack. And sometimes it is important to unpack them with others. Sometimes if they're available or important to unpack them with a processor. Beyond grief, and I kind of label, this is about permissioning ourselves to feel our feelings, to grieve our grievances, to emote our emotions without to leave space at the table of our lives for that. To not push it away, to not force it away, to not feel like it's going to ruin a party. If it ruins the party, it's not a party you want to be at anyway. And that might be step one. You know, if your grief is a problem for someone else, they may not be your people. And that's really painful. And it's also okay because it doesn't have anything to do with you. So this, these three cards have incredible connective tissue and, and layer on top of one another what it is to honor our timing, what it is to, again, make space for our grief at the table of our lives, to build in moments, times of deep digestion and integration when it comes to emotional big experiences, and seeing the kind of heart openness, vastness, caring, compassion that can only come from us acknowledging these places within us. There is something that happens to us. It shifts our ability to listen, to empathize, to hold space when we hold our own emotional experiences. It is a very powerful thing. And can absolutely um, invite us to confront that very story. Like, I'm going to ruin my night. I'm going to ruin my day. I'm going to blah, blah, blah. And that's often the, the, the messaging we pick up from our caretakers. Like, oh, you know, this, this child needs so much or this child is so emotional or like, why are you so upset? We're here. You should be happy. Like those things are so devastating. And then we do them to ourselves and think like, well, I should be so happy. Why am I not? Instead of getting curious about, you know, where might my, what, what place at the table does my grief occupy here? Because guess what? Your grief is with you 24 seven. It is always here. Our grief is always here. We have, we have little G grief. We have big G grief. Some of our griefs are like mountains. They're so big. Some of them are a bit smaller or take up space in a different way. Grief can really radically crack us open. It can make, it's very intense and it can also make us so much more soft, spacious, able to connect with others, able to connect with ourselves. And, um, you know, there can be, I've often thought, you know, with six of cups that the nostalgia piece, I don't know if it's so much nostalgia as it is a reconnection with our inner child. 
and actually going back and saying, I see you, your emotions, your feelings, your experiences, they matter to me. I want to make space for them. And this kind of arc of three cards really shows us that that can only happen when we acknowledge that there is something there, something to integrate and digest, and we don't turn away from it. We don't try to just grab that fourth cup and go off with something different. That we do really honor what is possible. We do really honor what is present in the heart, that we show up for the heart and pay attention and really offer it our love and our, um, it's deep, deep work, this cup's shit. <laughs> you know, it's big. So I invite you to, to just reflect on that, to, to, to keep what works, pay attention to what stood out for you, believe anything that, that didn't resonate. And to really just think about how you might permission yourself around these themes this weekend next week. Like what's been here for you, you know, and how can you work within the structure of your current life? Not all of us can stop everything and go off and grieve. Um, and yet we can likely take a moment to say, Whoa, there's pain here. And I see you, you know, like I said, it's not, it's not always about like going up to the room, letting the tears flow. Sometimes it's just a question of saying, yes, I recognize that there's a lot here um, and I'm willing potentially to feel it or I'm not, which is okay. But if you are willing, you know, what, what might be wanting to be acknowledged right now? What might be wanting to be seen, be heard, be witnessed by you? Who might you bring in to witness you in that witnessing? You know, do you have a processor? Are there space holders that um, are, are lovingly, excitedly, enthusiastically available to hold you in that space? For some of us at some moments, it's important that it's just us. For some of us at some moments, it's important that it's not just us. So I invite you to really sink into this invitation, take from it whatever feels right to and go off and do your own exploring. Like what, what relationships, bonds, intimate connections can you develop with these three cards? How do they work in relationship with you? You know, what, what are they whispering to you, teaching to you? Because they really are such wisdom keepers and have something a little different to share with all of us, which is why the tarot is such a beautiful tool because it's really meant to be interpreted differently by everybody. So I think that's it for this lesson, Wild Souls. I'd love to know what you hear, what you what you feel about this. Um, I'll be back next week with some different, um, like two or three card connective tissue explorations. Um, I'm just loving on you. I'm inviting you to love on yourself, um, to really honor the stuff that's here. We've all got it. Um, especially now at this time in history this year, um, can you be with it? You know, can you, can you radically, radically permission yourself to, to be in those feelings, to be reparented, to, to see yourself, to give yourself, um, that space for 
shifts, for transformation, for deeper softness, for more time with yourself. Um, there is something really extraordinary about it. And again, doesn't yield to a feeling of like, I'm so happy now. I understand everything. Um, the heart can ache and it can still just open a little bit. And I really think that's possible when we work with the magic, the medicine of three, these three cards together. So thank you for listening. And again, enrollment closes for threshold tonight at 9 p.m. Pacific, midnight Eastern. Um, I'm loving on all of you. So happy to be connected with you this new year. And until we meet again, please take care of yourselves. Thank you so much for listening to Tarot for the Wild Soul. This podcast was edited by Chase Voorhees. The podcast art is by Chelsea Iris Granger, and it is hosted by me, Lindsay Mack. For more about the podcast, visit wildsoulpodcast.com or follow us on Instagram at Tarot for the Wild Soul. For more about me and my work, please visit lindsaymack.com. To support Tarot for the Wild Soul, please consider subscribing to the podcast on iTunes and leaving us a five-star review. It helps people find us and it is greatly, greatly appreciated. Thank you so much for being here.